Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I've got Dr. Stephen Morey with me today, and he's a psychiatrist from the Nashville area. And I look forward to some interesting conversation right after this. Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, KingdomTalksMedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. All right, everybody. I'm excited to have Dr. Stephen Morey on with me. I've met you a couple times now in, in Nashville, and then we just had a, a weekend together in uh, South Carolina. Uh, and I've always wanted to have you on. The things just hadn't worked out, but here we are. <laughs> and uh, would love to hear, Dr. Stephen, about your background and how you got into this movement. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. Uh, and it was a good weekend. Uh, Lorraine and I enjoyed the time with you and Adina. Just sharing stories about heavenly journeys and our faith journey as Christians. It's good to be around folks of like-minded and kindred spirits. So, yeah. I, Same here. Loved it. I would say that we, um, I guess both of us, in our family, Lorraine and I, we start out in a traditional Christian background, evangelical Christians, and loved what we learned. I learned a lot growing up, a lot of scripture, uh, um, sort of a traditional uh, Christian church with emphasis on the gospel, the gospel salvation, and learning and memorizing as much as you could of the word, which was fine. It was a good foundation, a good base. Yeah. Um, later on in life, uh, we I made a transition, Lorraine and I each did separately uh, into more of a uh, spirit-filled life. And uh, that was because I needed it at the time. I had gone through depression and needed healing, and uh, we can talk more about that. We have a similar story. Yeah, we do. Thanks. Yeah. And so that was a transition for me oh, when I was about 42 or so. So I'm 68. It was 26 years ago, and I was really thankful for that time of just growing rapidly and things of the spirit and going on trips with evangelists and seeing all the signs and wonders, all the gifts of the spirit and it's really wonderful. But the most wonderful of all was of course the gift of the father's love, a baptism into love and uh, functioning yeah. that it, it coincided with what I do as a psychiatrist. So uh, it was a great transition for me and those were great years really growing and uh, being filled with his presence. And at first, seeing the power of the spirit it's often a thing where people say i want to i'd like to do that i like to see love with power i want that i want to do this stuff but later what i re realized and i think from the father's teaching me was that what's more important is spending time with him that's a, it's more important to honor the giver than the yeah. gifts and to, to be in his presence and just love on father and the father loving on on me and growing those things during those years that was wonderful and great beginning another sort of the second phase of my christian walk yeah well you know one of the one of the things that um has fascinated me is you know you're a psychiatrist and i i don't know of any other psychiatrists that are in this movement and so you've gone through these stages of um you know i think like a lot of us in fact probably all of us who are in this movement have gone through where we went through uh, you know, the church stage. And I think like yourself, I, I started in a very conservative church and then 
went from that to a little bit more charismatic and and so forth and then now in this movement um right. so tell me a little bit more about your transition in in some of the significant pieces of that and i, I guess what i'm looking forward to is uh, the, the, the sections that are going to help other people when they hear your story, they're going to say, oh, he's done it. I can do it, too. <laughs> sure. uh, well, learning the gifts of the spirit was just wonderful. Uh, my wife, Lorraine, seemed to have more immediately experienced more of the gifts of healing, dramatic healing, like blindness and tumors disappearing. And I would have some of that. But we go on trips with our friends that were evangelists. And uh, more often, I would have the gift of inner healing, discerning of spirits, and sensing that there's something that needs to be broken up in, in someone's life. When Lorraine would be praying and there wasn't quite a breakthrough, then I would sense, oh, their grandfather was into witchcraft or into the Masonic traditions, and we would just sort of break any family curses. Uh, and uh, together we learned how to function in the spirit and uh, touch the body, soul, and spirit. And wow. as, a, as a psychiatrist, I often would want to see people touch the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. I think, you know, in First Thessalonians, it says, may your entire person be sanctified, body, soul, and spirit, when Paul writes to the Thessalonians, <clears throat> so that you may be complete in him. And uh, often we would focus on the healing of the body and talk about renewal of the soul sometimes, And but the spirit would say, well, that's already taken care of. But I felt mm. more... Hebraic model is to integrate all at once. Like, like, let's have the whole person's really saved, healed, and really delivered, yeah. and filled with His presence and glorified with His presence and ascending with Him. So I've come a long ways where I want to see even more. I, but I wanted to see more then, but now, having touched in His presence, having touched on what it's like to see the fullness of the sons and daughters of God, I. I realize I want to see him more. So I think part of our walk is just gaining more and more hunger and more and more like desire just to be with Father and just be with Holy Spirit and with Jesus. Uh, so those years were good years. Uh, it was depression itself that made the transition for me from um, evangelical Christianity into spiritual Christianity. I met another Christian psychiatrist who was doing inner healing, and he was from a charismatic background. And he helped me so much, a breakthrough that hadn't happened from years of therapies and counseling and years of different antidepressants which I have nothing against. I am a doctor, a psychiatrist, and I think yeah, modern yeah. medicine, it's great to modern medicine. And for those that need something for chemical imbalances, it's fine. I just, over the years, any kind of illness, even severe bipolar disorder that normally you think is going to be lifelong because they would need lithium or some other mood stabilizers or schizophrenia, which you think is such a severe chemical imbalance in the brain that it's no way it gets healed. But then I've seen the breakthroughs where even those most serious illnesses have been healed. Not all the time, I have to admit, the majority of the time, those illnesses are still pretty severe, and a lot of times they do need to be involved in some medical treatment to help correct any chemical imbalances, but I would say even those treatments are gifts from God, modern medicine, modern science, whatever we have to offer is still part of the Father's grace in our lives and a gift from God, so I enjoy my work, but my work has expanded so much more over the years as a Christian psychiatrist, just in, especially in the last few years. Yeah, what are what are um, well? Let me back up again because I, I want to get more of your story because, um, as you said, we 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 do have that in common that depression um, that really. <clears throat> uh, I, did you have it all your life, or did it come on later in life? Uh, I did have my depression 
I don't, I'm not gonna say my depression, that depression that, that I don't have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The depression uh, was there since birth. Uh, my mother had okay. depression in her family line for years. We both almost died at birth, my mother and I. There was, a, I think, a warfare I've seen since then. A spiritual battle was going on. This enemy had an assignment to take me out and to take my mother out. If not a spirit of death, at least a spirit of depression was to be put on us. And uh, um, it was a glorious victory. I've seen the battle that happened. Uh, wow. wow. Jesus was my deliverer, and I've seen the angelics, the uh, battles that were involved. And, um, and the Father and the Holy Spirit that kind of held me and gave me a blessing. We saw the spirit of death, and Jesus and I took him over to the window. He, he had become like a balloon, and we watched it just float away out the window. <laughs> well, that's yeah, so that cool. Part of the, healing. the depression had been like a, it, it's similar to death, isn't it? The, the, the darkness and the emptiness and the hopelessness that would come and go, yeah. not every year of my life from the first 40 years, but on and off every now and then, every year or two, every now and then, especially when my oldest brother died. <laughs> he was in the Air Force, and I was about 9 or 10. And my mother went through a severe depression, and I would go through depression. If she went in depression, I was sensitive to her. She was such a wonderful saint, filled with a, a compassion and the fullness of God's presence. Insensitive, but when she went into depression, then I would too, I think, you know. And mm. Yes, depression was on and off and really never healed and never resolved for the first 40 years in spite of lots of therapies and lots of Christian involvement, Christian counseling. Sometimes, though, I think Christian counseling doesn't have a lot of power to it. It can have some good things that it can teach about how to retrain your way of thinking. But I came to realize later on that sometimes Christian counseling is more like secular counseling with a Bible verse tacked on the end. I know that sounds a little bit superficial. Well, <laughs> and this is good to know because I, I would actually like you to share more because I'm sure there's some people watching that, you know, have struggled with some of this stuff. And, and um, you know... I, I would agree. I, I went I went to so many different counselors and psychiatrists and you name it, you know, trying to get rid of my depression um, that, um, yeah, you're right. I, I learned that, you know, because we would move in the church, we'd move to different cities all the time. And so I'd have to find somebody new and I would sit down with somebody and it's like, this isn't my first rodeo and I, I need to find out are we going to connect to where I can even get anywhere or not? And honestly, I did look for the ones that were tough, the ones that weren't going to just do fluff and stuff and tell me I'm all good and all that. I wanted the ones that were going to dig and get to something. And um, but it's still all those years never, never really never. They all helped a little bit, but none of them did anything for me, like finally stepping into the courts of heaven. And for me, that was it. It was it was broken. It was done. It was gone, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's only been five or six years for me, so it sounds like it's been quite a bit longer for you. Yeah, my depression, the biggest break, you know, the first breakthrough was inner healing with a, that Christian psychiatrist about 20 years ago, but then the final major breakthrough was a fantastic experience with the father about 15 years ago in 2005, and that's when I was awakened in the middle of the night and taken to heaven. I think my whole person, I was taken by two angels directly to the Father. And um, that experience was so transformative and so powerful and so filled with the light and love and power of the Father's joy. His love is so much filled with joy. I, I came back and just I couldn't stop talking for two years about it. I would be with certain evangelists that I've traveled with, like Leif Hedlund and with Randy Clark. They would allow me to be on the stage and, and give the story about the Father's love and then my encounter with the Father's love. And I just... I can't stop talking about it. I can't get enough of it. I'm still that way. I, I just, 
and I just love being with my father. And, and when I go to heaven, I'm, father's given me a nickname, DLH. It's, it's the initials that I put after Stephen Morey, MD, comma, DLH, and it's for Daddy's Little Helper. So DLH oh. stands for Daddy's Little Helper, and the father calls me his little helper. I, yeah, but the transition, the, I mean, the major transformation was that time 15 years ago. It's a little bit of a story. Uh, it takes me a few minutes to tell that whole encounter, but uh, you can at some point here if you want. Uh, yeah, I, I would, because, uh, again, I think this, again, is what people need to hear. Because uh, I, I believe that the transformative events that many of us face that help us cross over into this place of being able to go into the heavens is a heavenly experience. Right. And that when, when people begin to engage Father in the heavens, that's what begins to change us. And a lot of the garbage that is on us begins to just fall away because we're in the presence. And um, um, well, you know what? We, we got about, you know what? Let's take a break. And then when we come back, let's have you tell that story. Would that be all right? Sure. I'd be happy to do that, Bill. All right. Well, we'll be back right after this. Join the Kingdom Restoration Age online conference through the recordings. Well, I just want to say what awesome teaching has been on. The only solutions that exist are in the tree of life. And the goal is be loved. It's not just about speaking. It's about application. Do not stop at any one place. And Reformation to me is you're taking a system back to its original intent. Activate you into the fullness of who you are meant to be in your restoration design. Would you show us what on earth is going on? I mean, you just go for it, and but you do it together. The diversity, the love taught and demonstrated for how we need to operate and be transformed to thrive in this next age we have already stepped into. And I will often engage with my perfected self. We have to be in it. It wasn't that. You know what changed? And you know what I found out? I, I really want to do this, but I'm scared. And then trust your very first impressions about how the Lord looks today. Color, clothing, expression on the Lord's face. The rawness, the bareness, and man, that's what we need, Steve. I won't be offended. <laughs> See our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. All right, I am back with Dr. Stephen Morey, a psychiatrist from Nashville. And, um, you know, I, I guess one, one thing I wanted to say real quick before you jump into your story, which I'm really looking forward to, is that I, you know, you're you're one one of the, well, you're the only psychiatrist I know that is in this movement. And that's part of the reason I really wanted to have you on here, because I think we need to see that there are people from all walks of life that are understanding the power and the experience of walking in the heavens. And so I uh, just appreciate you coming on here and I really honor you and bless you for that. Thanks. So would love to hear the this, this story that you have for us. Uh, and this is what really changed things for you. Is that correct? Right. For me, it was about 15 yeah. years ago. I... Uh had been growing as that was a time in my life when I for about three years I have been filled with the Holy Spirit and having wonderful experiences of the Father's presence the Holy Spirit Jesus getting to know them better at the triune God and all the gifts of the Spirit it was a great time and we were living in Lancaster Pennsylvania um, and uh, <clears throat> I had a sense that at some point I'm going to experience more of the Father's presence I had not heard of any of the people that do heavenly journeys. I hadn't read about the books of people from other countries, whether it's New Zealand or United Kingdom. And I mean, those are wonderful and they all have their ways of doing things. 
which in a way for me, it was probably better that I didn't know how anybody else did it because the yeah. way of going to heaven the first time for me was a sovereign act of God's grace. And uh, so I, here's what happened. I experiencing, I had been experiencing for a few years, some heartburn now and then. No, not just now and then pretty much every day, I'd say. And there was a uh, severe enough that it was, it was going to cause constrictors in my esophagus if I didn't get treated right. I had to be on a pill every day, like Prilosec and similar type medicines to really stop all acid in the stomach from refluxing in the esophagus because it might cause stricture and pain. And so I was having pain that evening just before bedtime. My wife, Lorraine, had gone to bed. And as I was getting ready for bed, I'm thinking, well, I'm learning more and more about my identity as a son of God. And my father's awesome. I've seen so many healings. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to say out loud a prayer, a declaration. And I said, Father, this is not right. I'm your son. I'm not. Sh I shouldn't have this thing going on every day. This heartburn, and I just want to know when is it going to, when's it going to be healed, and what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. So I sort of direct the, you know, like there's a, the parables where the very in very director, woman would come and keep knocking on the door till she got her answer. Right. Uh, so that was me being very direct that night, and I went to sleep. Uh, and but in the middle of the night, I was awakened by an angel on my right hand side I sleeping on the right hand side of the bed Lorraine be on the left but I was on the right hand side and right beside me he tapped me this angel and he was an amazing presence quite large I realized he was the same presence who almost was always with me to help with healing ministry and to help with protection you might see a guardian angel I got to yeah. know him later in later years <clears throat> he represents the loyal, loyal love of God in Hebrew it's chesed you know the loving kindness of God and uh, he has this sometimes a brown furry like a and a mane like appearance like a lion some of the cherubim are half lion and half man they can like turn and he can turn and be a simple looking man i mean very humble looking man to walk in a room you wouldn't recognize him i think the breakthrough angels are like that they're going to be these very normal looking folks are helping us with a breakthrough that's about to come and he was had been assigned to me since birth the one who fought the battle for me to to help me be alive and um, carries a flaming sword but he had that part hidden, the flame sword was hidden. He just mm. tapped me and he was more like a man this time, although I knew he was also like a lion. And uh, he tapped me, but then he had me look in the other corner of the room down toward the foot of the bed and off toward the left in the other corner of the room. And there was another angelic being, only it was massive. It was full of a glory and it was so overpowering that it just, it kind of frightened me. It was so awesome. It was one of the four living creatures actually. Um, and uh, wow. all these colors of uh, the, hmm. the the like feathers that are covering, but and uh, there's these wings that cover the feet and cover the face and um, four sets and four sides. And um, it was kind of a little bit scary because I was I yeah. never never experienced anything like that, but in a good scary way, like oh, overwhelming but awe-inspiring. Wow! And he implied that he's going to take me out of the bed. And he sort of picked me up. I realized as he picked me up, I was suddenly a 10-year-old boy. For some reason, it was easier to go to heaven as a little boy. You know, Jesus once said, except you enter as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And there's something about the childlike heart, you know, to go to heaven. Some people yeah, yeah. go to heaven because they're afraid that it, they're using their imagination and religion taught them that's wrong. That's one thing. The other thing is they don't realize it's okay to be childlike and just awe-inspired. That's another thing that yeah. helps you go to heaven. And then find teachers that really teach a simple way, like my friend Christopher Carter teaches so easily, right. so simply. So there are ways to get to heaven, and it's not complicated. And you don't always just, what I say is you don't have to just read about other people's stories and go to conferences and be amazed about other people learning things in heaven. 
you, every single believer, your sons and daughters of God, you have permission. So anyhow, I was suddenly a 10-year-old boy, getting back to my story. He picks me up, and he carries me over there. I think he carried me because I might have run away otherwise, as we got closer and closer. <laughs> getting closer to this angelic being, like, I'm sort of like leaning back. Part of me, you know, yeah, I want to go, but I don't want to go. I want to be closer, but I'm afraid of mixed feelings. But he brings me over anyhow. There's like, there's no question. The, the awesome sovereign will of the Father was to draw me to heaven that day. And uh, he brings me over, and so the uh, the being uncovers the face that's toward me. I think there are four faces, but the one facing toward me was the face of an eagle. And it's amazing the the the, the light in the eyes, a deep red, holy fire of God's presence. And I could see the beak and the eyes, and the, he didn't really smile a lot, kind of stern, but I filled with love and power at the same time. And he looked at me, and those red eyes were sort of like a red laser looked at me from top to bottom. I felt like when you're at a grocery store and they do a scanning of the, the laser light, <laughs> the labels, that he suddenly knew everything about me, just kind of looked at me and like, he knew everything. And he nodded yes to the other angel, like, yes, we're here for pickup. And yes, this is the right package. So we were, pretty, <laughs> we were ready to go then, I guess, uh, because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But um, Loyola, he picked me up and put me on the back of this of one of the living creatures. I call him John. Hmm. I don't know why. I think of the four Gospels. I think there are four creatures, and there are sometimes their nicknames are after the four Gospels, but I believe they have other names as well. <laughs> but I've seen him at the right hand, right front corner of the throne room, of the throne. And um, so I was put on his back, and we were instantly taken to heaven. I know some people say there's a lot of stages and protocols, but I was I was going on pure love, the, the frequency of the Father's love. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was pure love, we just were instantly there. We were drawn by the Father, a sovereign gift of His. It was not through any long protocols or any long process. I know some people yeah. see a lot of negative things in the second heavens and whatever in other dimensions on the way, but not for me. Like we were right there to the heavenly, right in the throne of the Father. Yeah. And well, so, I, I would even say to that just real quickly that um, I feel like. For some people, that that may be their experience, and they need those protocols and everything. It's just their way of doing things. But I think where we go sideways is when they think they have to, you know, uh, put that on other people to say that you have to do it the way I did it, exactly. versus understanding that we each have our own journey. And I want to say that too that no one necessarily has to come the same way I did. You'll all find different pathways. The Father honors each of us, and He knows the best way. Yes, yeah. knows that he knows us inside and out, and he, he knows that we're how we're so made, good. formed with dust, and he loves us and has a compassion on us. I'm thinking of the Psalms right now as I'm talking, but he'll find the right way for you, and it doesn't have to be exactly my way or anybody else's way. So um, true. So, I was suddenly in the Father's presence at the throne room. I was at the right hand of the Father. I've since seen the more full picture that it was Jesus Himself at the right hand of the Father who picked me up off of His back of hmm. the being, the the creature. But at first, I didn't see that. All I knew is I suddenly was transferred. And I realized, I think the very first time, Jesus didn't want to have the emphasis on him. Holy Spirit, she didn't want the emphasis on her. They wanted it all about Father, because I needed to grow deeper in Father's love and mm. understanding of my sonship. So it's just like the Trinity to sometimes step back and honor one or the other. Sometimes the Father's honoring the Son, the Spirit's honoring the Son, or the Father's honoring the Spirit. Yeah. It's just like them to do that. So good. So Jesus mm -hmm. himself had... So kept himself in the background, but it was he who brought me to the Father. No man cometh to the Father but by me, Jesus says. And I know the scriptures, and yet sometimes when you're in the midst of the experience, you don't realize how many scriptures are being fulfilled. Yeah. And 
but the experience is real and it helps to help to make real all of the scriptures and the love of god is there and the power and the presence of god is so real it's more real than when i'm on earth and uh that helps the person if they've had things like depression and other negative experiences or losses uh, or things that just need healing in relationships uh i have done stuff with healing and to get the depression healed before this including having some assignments against me finished through the courts and but this was like the finishing experience this day when i suddenly this 10 year old boy awe inspired never in father's presence before suddenly i'm sitting on his right knee jesus had sent me there and i just suddenly on his right knee and he's got his strong right arm around me just holding me close and i felt so safe and secure and i think there's nothing that's more secure than the father's presence and the father's love jesus said the same thing my father's greater than all but there's nothing like like father not, yeah. not experience like the father's love <clears throat> and i felt the emanation of his love waves and waves of love but i also felt a deep joy and a smile on his face that he looked at me and he said so i hear you have a question for me because you know <laughs> when i went to sleep i had this question like i've got her and what are you going to do about it but suddenly i'm in the presence of father i'm looking up at him and i'm i'm like dumbstruck i'm not sure i can say anything like are you allowed to say anything um I think without the grace of Jesus, we couldn't even be in the Father's presence. You know, no man can see the Father yeah. and live. Yeah. Except if I think the grace of Jesus, because I am in His, in, in Christ, I was one with Jesus, and I was able to be in that place, which some would say, the spirit of religion says you can't even be there. But I was there, and I knew I was there. I was experiencing His arm around me, sitting on a solid knee, the love and the smiling and the friendliness, the kindness of His voice. And He said, sir, so I see, I hear you had a question. At first, I'm quiet. I'm like, oops, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. And he nudged me again. He said, "No, come on. I heard you had a question." And uh, so I said, "Yes, sir. Um, my question was about the heartburn, and I want to know what you're going to do about it." And suddenly, he just burst out laughing. I was like, that was the funniest question you ever heard. He was roaring with laughter, and I was shaking on his. You know, I was shaking on his leg, and uh, he's roaring and laughing and shaking too with laughter. When, when he would laugh, though, I'm looking out and I see in front of me a sea of glass. I see 24 chairs, 24 thrones, and 24 elders. And I see myriads of angels and the saints before that have gone before us, the cloud of witnesses. And there are many, many other seats and thrones in the distance beyond the 24. And I'm seeing these millions, I guess millions of people. It seems like you can see very far when you're in heaven. And they're all experiencing the same joy, the Father's laughter. But the thing is, when he laughs, it was like waves. I've seen pictures of the first atomic blast when they're testing them in New Mexico before World War II, before it was the first bomb was dropped. And uh, yeah. you see a shockwave that goes out. Well, it was a shockwave of love and joy. The father's laughter had so much joy in it. It hit everybody and they would hit the floor. They would just hit the floor laughing with pure joy because the father's joy is so infectious and so powerful. I saw that every time he laughed that there would another shockwave would go out. And I, I was amazed. And... Um, I just, I just was overwhelmed with it, like experiencing such joy. I'd never ever experienced joy like that before. And I realized it's not human joy. When people say someday you'll have the joy of the Lord in your life, it's not a human joy. It's not something that's deep inside your heart that you're going to find out. Right. You're not going to manufacture it. You're not going to conjure it yeah. up. It's a gift of the Father. When he pours his joy into you, it's because he loves you so much. You cause joy. You cause the joy meter of heaven to go up, sons and daughters. I'm telling you this right now. I'm preaching. You, you're, you're here, the apple of his eye, and when you're with him, he loves it so much that his joy goes up, and you can't help but begin to experience it. 
So this is the first time for me and I'm watching this happen. And I'm thinking, wow, what a privilege to be here and watch this happening. And uh, he said. So Dr. Stephen, yeah. uh, before you give the answer of what he said, um, yeah. we're, we're actually out of time on the first half hour. It's just flown by. Yeah, good, that's fine. <laughs> so it's I, a good I'm, stop point so that people will come back tomorrow and see part two where they get the answer. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot to say about that and then what goes on after that. Sure. Love that. Love it. Love it. Uh, well, again, just honor you and bless you. And thank you so much, Dr. Stephen, for being on. And uh, to all of our listeners, come back tomorrow to hear what the Father says to Dr. Stephen in his <laughs> journey there. So uh, blessings to everyone. And we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life Keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.